So this kid asks his dad, I, uh, I need help with homework. I have to write an essay, the difference between uh, theoretical and reality. And the father says, okay, I can help you with that. Uh, I can tell you the difference. Go ask your mother if she'd have sex with somebody for a million dollars. And the kid was like a gas. He goes, no, no, go ahead. Go ask your mom. And the kid's like, oh, okay. And asks his mom, mom, will you have sex with somebody for a million dollars? He's not even done asking the question. And he's like, oh, of course I would. Kid's floored, shocked. And he's like, I could pay off the house. We could retire. Wouldn't have to worry about, you know, you going to college and your sister, everything be paid for in a heartbeat. And he goes back and the father said, well, okay, now go ask your sister the same question. And he's like, really? He goes, yeah, sister's older teen and ask the sister, would you have sex with somebody for a million dollars? Same thing before he's done with the, oh, of course I would. I could move out of here. I wouldn't have to see you. I could get a car, you know, no hesitation. And then the kid goes back to his dad and says, well, okay, um, I'm a little stunned, but I don't understand how that helps me. He goes, okay, well, in theory, we live with a couple millionaires. In reality, we live with a couple whores. <laughs> I would have laughed harder if I had not seen the whores coming from a mile away, <laughs> which isn't a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. Um, well, uh, Happy New Year! Happy New Year! So absolutely nothing will change in the new year with the podcast. Uh, welcome to Carnival Personnel. Seriously, Joe, Happy New Year. Jacques, Happy New Year. <laughs> it just hurts you to even say the word happy, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, with every fiber of my being. Uh, and it's been, it's been, you know, uh, a couple weeks since we've hung out, so... Yeah, we both got the plague at the same time. Like, yeah, it ran through my house. I only had it, like, it's it's the only time I've been sick in forever, and it was, I battled for about 12 hours. I just felt crappy for a day, so I'm like, I'm pretty much going to stay in bed, get up, have lunch, and then stay in bed. Woke up the next day, and I was fine, but yeah, everybody else in the house was just taking their turns you know being yeah awful. I, it was my turn to get bronchitis my wife had got well, actually my older son got it thanksgiving two weeks later my wife got it two weeks later i got it just in time for christmas and new year's <laughs> a gift that keeps giving well i mean it also le- gave me a legitimate excuse to not go outside which is great any excuse i can get to not go outside i'll take uh anybody who, who you know accidentally is listening to us who doesn't live in the northeast it's uh it's a hellscape <laughs> it's just it's, it's broken records and and you know we keep bearing records breaking you know weather wise like the last like you know half a decade the biggest hurricanes the most number but here we had the a, greatest hurricanes the lowest temperatures <laughs> but we had we we broke a, it was like a a record for most single digit highs um, in consecutive days. It was like eight, nine days where it never got above nine degrees. I don't know if this is true or not, but that reminded me what you just said of uh, an image I saw on Twitter. Some, you know, local news, not our local, but somewhere, some national local news. Shut up, Joe. Some news station posted the seven-day forecast, and I don't know if they just sort of did this as a joke? Saw it. <laughs> Every, so if you can imagine the seven-day forecast, they have the high and low temperatures. All the high temperatures read from left to right, 8675309, which is Jenny's number from the great song, 8675309. Jenny, Jenny. Yeah. So I don't know if that, turn to- that must be, that must have been like that, like, weather intern's last day there. It's like, yeah, right. here's your fucking forecast. <laughs> 
<laughs> and it was probably close to that, but they're like, is anyone really going to check if the high's eight versus nine? To exactly. Even That's another thing is that do you ever go back and like do an, like an A, B, like, of course not, you have a life, but nobody's ever gone back and done like an A, B of here's the weather forecast right before the storm. And then here's the actuals, you know, and just sort of like compare, like, did they get it on the mark or are they, you know, were they fucking with us? Were they just way off? But. I don't know. I, they're pretty accurate in New England. And, and where, where do you weigh in on them now? Now the trend of canceling school the day before. Great. I mean, honestly, it's it's a lot easier for parents to plan. You know, it, it's you'd hate to have to go to bed not knowing, and then waking up at five in the morning or six in the morning, and then checking you know online or the news or whatever to see. Oh, okay, so my day is going to be ruined today. Great. <laughs> uh, so I do like that they cancel school the day before, and I think that's that's sort of the way it goes now, especially with big big storms like this. Right. Um, and so, and our, by our- the way, we got about. What, a foot of snow, 15 inches? It was legit. It was absolute. And not only that, it, it was below freezing. It's like like this morning, the temperature, you know, I had to take the littlest guy to hockey at like 6 a.m. And could have skated right there. Could, it got in the car and it was one, but like the the real field temperature was like minus 16. And I'm like, what, what the fuck are we doing? Like, and you bought a house here? When you go <laughs> into a rink... To warm up, you know that's that's a sign. That's not a good sign. You might be living in New England, um, but yeah, it's like. But but I do. I don't want to. The only thing I hate more than talking about the weather is when people talk about talking about the weather. Yeah, well, you know, in our another New England tradition is when it's snowing out, you have to preempt all national broadcasts on Channel Five, Channel Four, whatever, for the local news covering that it's snowing out. Right. Wall to wall snow coverage can't escape it. I mean, you can. I mean, there's so many other choices. But you know, if you want to watch the prices right, too bad because you're watching snow coverage. And and it it has. Uh, you know, my my my, uh, my my fear now is the kids are going to be going to school like the first week in July at this point because <laughs> they they had school was canceled the Friday before vacation, so they got an extra day of uh-huh. winter vacation. They went back on Tuesday. Um, it was Tuesday, but Tuesday had a two-hour delay, oh. um, and it was it was one of those days. It, it was like because the school wasn't warmed yet, like they turned on the heaters, but it was in the negatives, and so they went to school two hours late on Tuesday, a full day Wednesday. Wow. Off on Thursday and Friday. <laughs> Sounds like a, the presidency. Right, exactly. <laughs> yes, we went golfing the whole time, but we, we didn't say we went golfing. You want to talk about New Year's? Yeah. How, how was your New Year's? Pretty sedated. I had bronchitis. And what did you do during the uh, the house enclosure sedation? Same thing I do every year, Pinky. Watch the Three Stooges Marathon on TV 38. Good man. And uh, that's pretty much what we did. And I taped a bunch. Um, and uh, You taped the Three Stooges? I, I did because it's like we watched some of it, but like, you know, uh, management. We watched a movie. Like she wanted to watch a family movie and then we put it on um, – the the like five minutes before so they could see the like the Times Square. First of all, we were just in New York a couple weeks ago and one of my little guys asked if we can ever go there. And I'm like, no. 
No, not in a like of all the things I want to do in life and all the things I have done. One of the things that have never been on the list is be in Times Square for New Year's. You don't want your entire family wearing diapers and standing in sub-zero temperatures amongst strangers so that you could watch a ball. We drop. do that all the time, <laughs> especially the ball drop. Uh, no, and especially this year where it's like it's single digits and it's windy and it's like negative with the real feel. It's like what is wrong with you people? You know, Why one ball. Getting drunk. One ball dropped in Times Square, but many balls receded. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> See shrinkage. There. That was shrinkage. <laughs> uh, but but yeah. So so I did. I taped a lot of the, the Three Stooges, and my seven year old uh, absolutely is enthralled. Like absolutely thinks it, and it's great because I mean he's telling his brother like this new thing because it's new to him, you know, and it's the first time that you know we've been back for this on New Year's, and it was great. It's what I've always like. I've only gone out like one New Year's that I can remember being back here like years ago, and. I was a drunk idiot who wound up under a discarded Christmas tree on somebody's like breezeway at some house party we played, having no recollection how I got there. Yeah, this is a much better way to spend New Year's Eve. And my two sons are, you know, the teenager and one's 12. Uh, they both look forward to like, what time does it start? Because, you know, nowadays, I don't know, my family's very, uh, what do you call it, dysfunctional. Um, my kids usually watch their own stuff on YouTube or Netflix or whatever. There's not a lot of communal television watching now. But this seems to be, my wife excluded, this seems to be the one thing Wait, every year. There's a woman who doesn't love the Three Stooges? I, that could be a whole other podcast. She must be the only one because <laughs> every other woman I've ever known, just, I mean, the debates, when you, when you go by and you see a bunch of women having, like, coffee somewhere, the, the debates on... Team is, Curly or Team Shemp. Shemp, right. Um, very few women like Curly Joe. <laughs> <laughs> very few men like Curly Joe. There you have it. But uh, it's, it's the one thing that we can all sort of get together and watch communally together. And I still laugh at it. It's not like... Hysterical. Because I don't watch it... Like, I have the DVDs. I had it from the years no. it goes. But I don't watch it for a year, throughout the year, specifically because the New Year's is so special. Um, and, and this year, and I don't know, because I haven't been back in a few years, do they usually have hosts ruining it and talking about it in between? Yeah. I mean, now that my TV 38 became my TV, it's no longer TV... It, it went through a weird transition. It used to be like an affiliate for UPN, and then that went away, and then they became an independent station. But since then, these two hosts, Dave Andelman and Dan Andelman, who are the sons of Eddie Andelman, the local sportscaster, de decades Legend. legendary EI sportscaster, uh, they host this other show called Phantom Gourmet, which is basically the only original programming that TV38 now has. It's this restaurant review show they just go to local local restaurants in the new england area and they pop in they review it and you don't it, it, it's a but they host it you know and that's that that's their personality so they sort of like take it upon themselves to host the interstitials between each three stooges marathon. Did, did, didn't add anything <laughs> it did drunkenness oh yeah one of them was really it, yes it, it was great and um speak and speaking of slurred speech we also had fun my older son and i connor I'll name he he and i pointed out which Three Stooges episodes where Curly had the stroke oh, because he had slurred speech, slurred speech and it was right. slow. And it was it's great because I also pull up Wikipedia while for every episode while I'm watching it to see like behind the scenes notes and footage. I, what a loser. Because I do the same thing. <laughs> and, and it's great because there was one, the, one of the, the post-stroke Curly episodes. The director was the first time director for the Three Stooges, but he was really disappointed 
that he that Curly was just not on his game, and there was a lot of things that they had to do as a director to do, like to work around his limitations. Like there was this one scene where Curly's on the ground and he has to fight with this roll of wallpaper that he's you know trying to. Uh, paste on the one side and the timing wasn't right so they had to kind of do a lot of workarounds and focus more on Larry and Mo. so it was very interesting to for me to read stuff about that I'm, anybody, anything post-stroke I'm in <laughs> anyways I guess we, we're way off topic but no no, no. So, so I like this because we're not, we're, not tra- we're not talking about the T word yeah, I don't even want to I, know. Well, well, I, I, I go back and forth because it's like I don't want to but then again like the problem with the app, that's the whole thing. It's I like know. They don't want you to. Right. But, you just but, roll over and take it. But, but, but we'll, we'll get into that in a bit. But do you make any resolutions? Now, no. what is the difference between resolution and goal setting? Um, one, you break. Okay. And the other, you just sort of postpone. Uh, <laughs> and you keep changing. My, my resolution is nothing because I'm old enough to know that I don't keep resolutions. Well, I, I, I mean, I do. I'm also a, a lazy loser. Uh, very, very lazy. But you... No, I always do, and and it's like I I've played jump rope with the same sixty pounds three times in the past twelve years. Like it's a heavy rope. It it, it is like right, right now it is, but I, I have I've gone from like you know one seventy to two forty three different times. Um, so I'm like, okay, my birthday's in June. You know, half the goal is to lose it by that, and the other half is to keep it off by the end of the year. Let me guess: when you weren't not living in the United States, you were not. Over 200 pounds. No, twice. Twice while I was in L.A. It's like, and it only takes like a few months, but it's it's like uh, the other things, I got to stop saying like, because um, I'm like really smart. Yeah. So you're not yeah. really smart, you're like really smart. Yeah. Or you're a teenage girl. I'm like really smart. He did that on purpose in that tweet too. He put comma, like, comma. Like he interjected that. Like, he, like, like, for real, for uh, for, for a fact, for, for reals, yeah, for reals. Um, no, but it's like I did. I, I sat down. and I'm like, okay, this year, these are some things I want to accomplish. And and I actually, it's more goal setting than resolution. But I do have. I want to do X number of podcasts. I want to do X number of video casts. I want to do a couple band shows. And I and I went back and forth. It's like, do I want to do stand up or do I want to do a video thing where I do more sketches? Because I want to do more stuff. Um, Who are you doing that with? <laughs> you like it or not? Oh, kicking and screaming. Is that what we're calling the show? Kicking, kicking and, and screaming, screaming with Joe? <laughs> but I did. I went back and forth. And like, unless I have, unless I set deadlines for myself, I won't get things done. I'll talk about, oh, I have, I would like to write X amount. But unless I'm like, by this time, I have to have done it. And it's the same thing. I want to do like four sport bookings this year. And I only did the one. Um, I was supposed to be today in Kansas City. It was all booked. It was locked in. And then last week, Billy Ray decided, nope, I don't want to do it. It's going to be too cold. And I, I want to do it. Like, it was a typical Billy Ray stuff. Prima Donna. Oh, seriously. You know, and it only only cost me five grand. So, you know what I mean? It's Well, I would have made that had he taken the fucking booking. Um, and you could have not just been in. You could have gone with me. So, uh, but anyways, but but I do. I, I So I, I've set some goals. Uh, but do I, you want to put them on? on so it, you've stated your goals plainly for us to go back a year from now. And say, hey, this is how you failed. Actually, if we go back a year from now, we will have achieved one of the goals. That we're still podcasting <laughs> a year later. Go. Um, but we didn't do a, a year-end like, wrap-up show because, you know, we hate each other. Yes. Uh, but I did. And, I, and, 
our audience. <laughs> I, I I did. I wanted to go over some of the the highlights and lowlights of seventeen. Uh, do you did you have favorite movies? Uh, let's see. I didn't see a whole ton of movies, but I will say I did like Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. Um, yeah, a lot of the movies that I went to were sort of the blockbuster event movies. Wonder Woman was that you kind of have to see yeah. in the big in the big screen. And but I like that because you know it is expensive to go to the movies, and I like being able to be right a hundred percent of the time I go to the movies. Like I don't like the feeling of spending forty bucks or fifty bucks for my family and I to go see a movie that's like, oh, Suicide Squad really did not live up to my expectations. Uh, so I'm glad that I chose. My six-year-old loved it. Because <laughs> lots of people took their six-year-olds to see Suicide Squad. Of course. But, but there oh, was a ton of huge movies Well, I'm year. looking at your list because you prepare the rundown, uh, and I do nothing. So what I like from your list is, yes, uh, Star Wars. Uh, I did not see Star Wars, uh, the, the new Star Wars, so uh, I can't comment on that. Spider-Man was... Liked it. Very good. Liked it a lot. Yep. You know, uh, we also, and I forgot, it's like Lego Batman movie came out this year, which we saw together, which was fantastic. What's emblazoned in my mind, and I don't think I'll ever, ever get it out, is at the end credits, I see executive producer Steven Mnuchin. Right. And I'm like, fuck. How... How does this one man ruin the Lego movie like this? See, I was able to block that out. Thank you for reminding me. Right. So this year was huge for movies, though. Between Justice League, you know, Waiting Forever, Star Wars, Wonder Woman, Thor, Guardians. Get Out. Didn't see it. That's a great movie. It's directed by Jordan Peele from Key and Peele. Peele. Yeah, it's his directorial debut, and it's a horror movie, but it's a comedy. At the same time, Bradley Whitford is in there. Allison... Um, Williams, she plays a major role in this, and there's a couple other actors. It's it has to do with race, but it's it's really if you ever get a chance when to. When you say horror comedy, is it horror comedy in like uh, Cabin, Cabin in, in the, the Woods? Woods? Or, well, Bradley Whitford was also in Cabin in the Woods, or more like um, um, the the not not Scream. Um, what was the parody oh, of the Scream movies? Scary movie. Scary movie. Well, Scream was uh, also a horror comedy too. Okay. Which, because when Scream came out, it was sort of a, a take on the tropes of horror movies up to that point. This is more like kind of Cabin in the Woods. It's just, it's, it's really good, but it's like, it's, it's tense. It's not over-the-top bloody gory. It's just a good freaking movie. But, uh, but I did. I, I, I like I most of the big blockbusters. I, was, I, I really loved Justice League. I really loved Wonder Woman. Thor, I liked. I liked. We talked about it, liked and didn't like Star Wars. Uh, we can't talk about it because you haven't seen it, uh, which is fine, you know. But you know, some of the other stuff that we have, you know, I want to, you know, end year end wrap about is uh, we actually did. You did a bunch of outings. I did some outings this year. We, uh, you know, Comic Con in Rhode Island. We went to the Jets game. Dubai Christmas that took the boys to D.C. so they could give the finger to the White House, which I still deny when my mother asked, like, my little guy, you know, I like to call him the security leak, told my mom that, you know, we drove to the White House so he could just give him the tell finger. Her, just tell her that, that you took the picture in 2016. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's okay. That's okay. Um, and, and, and then, uh, you know, we just went to New, um, New York City a couple weeks ago, but it was... Uh, it, 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 it was a pretty good year for getting out, and this year, 
what are some of the things that you want to get out to, like fairs and, and comic con? Yeah. So, so you got the game one down in Rhode Island. Yeah, I got that Retro World Expo. The Retro World. Yeah. Um, know, um, I'm, I'm still kind of on the fence about that. I like it. But I, I don't know if I've reached, like, my sort maybe maybe as a once a year thing like okay it's a it's kind of an outing it's fine you know uh, I'm not a big con guy uh, you know I am going to a Weird Al concert this year yes the uh, ill advised oh what's it called the ill advised uh, self indulgent Weird Al tour something like that it, it's in March um, and actually I'm on the fence about buying tickets to remember Mystery Science Theater three thousand yes the original Mad Scientists. Uh, Dr. Forrester and TV's Frank. Well, they're doing a tour, and they're playing literally two blocks from my house. Then you in can't March. not go, right? And it's like thirty-something bucks a ticket. Well, that's staggering distance home. Exactly. So I might be going to that, but that's also the day before the Weird Al concert. So what a weekend that would be if I were to get my stuff together. Could could you handle that much fun in one weekend? I don't know. Would that be I, I, your allotment for happiness for 2018? I'd really have to increase my cocaine intake, but I think <laughs> I can make it through. Uh, no, there's a lot of stuff like you know, um, and, and one and one of the things that you know I'm trying to talk Joe into doing a video version of this is like I want to do some outings. Like, uh, gosh, what is the place that Robert told us about our arcade? Oh, fun, a uh, fun spot. Yeah, down in Rhode Island and yeah. stuff like that. Like a real on. Bar arcade, but like with hundreds of games. No, oh, yeah. like oh, maybe a, Fun Spot went away. And it's it's not like a Dave and Buster with like newer games. It has all the retro games, and yes. it's like a twenty dollars. You come in, and it's free play on everything. And I, I would like I would like to get out and do some more stuff. Like if if let's get out and play video games. Yes, but different <laughs> places. God, I hate when when you actually say it like that. It just really. How many miles up. have you traveled? How much gas did you put in? How much are you spending on food? And, and don't you have these games at home? Shut up, right. Joe. Shut up. All right, you have an arcade stick right there, Joe. Hello. Yeah. Uh, so, so you got any predictions for 2018? Uh, <laughs> um, Not wishes, like you're gonna die. <laughs> no, that's a no. That's a prediction. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. The predictions for 2018 are going to be well. Uh, Pat, Pat will win the Super Bowl barely. Okay. Over. Uh, over. Yeah. Over who? Uh, over Atlanta. No, who's in the NFC? I don't really know who's uh, right now. Um, I mean, right now, Kansas City is playing, and that's a game I should be at. Fuck you, Billy Ray. Uh, but it's uh, but a lot of people are picking, which is interesting, because you have Minnesota, who's on their backup quarterback, who, but who's not been playing. Like, somebody forgot to tell him he's a backup. Like, uh, I, I think he's gone eight and two as a backup. Uh-huh. Uh, you got the backup for the uh, for the Eagles, who also has gone like six and two, maybe, yeah. or or. It's like so. You got those with the two two teams with the two best records, um, and, and so. And you're reminding me that Kansas City is now an NFC team. And no, no, Kansas City is playing as we were talking. They were playing the Titans yeah. at home. Um, so Kansas City should win that tomorrow. The Bills play the Jaguars, and the Jaguars. You mean yesterday? Should, yesterday, the Jaguars <laughs> should win that. Uh, but I'm I'm thinking I'm thinking. Whew, I, I was Minnesota. Just I'll uh, say Minnesota. It, it, so Atlanta didn't make it. Atlanta did. They, okay. they are on the road yesterday, Sunday, which was yesterday. I want a rematch. Playing the. Do you? Yeah, what the fuck? I'm old school. Actually, I'm stupid. I'm just like, I don't want to think hard about the Super Bowl. Whatever happened last year, this year it should happen again, only better. Although, I don't know how you can be coming back from 28 to 3. 
Um, that, be up twenty eight to three and hold the lead. <laughs> right, that oh, would be better. Or uh, go into overtime. Oh, did they? No, they went into overtime. They won one oh, in overtime. Oh my god! How quickly I forget. No, because the way the overtime rules work, you the team that receives the ball, if they kick a field goal, you can still come back. You and, get the ball yeah. if they score a touchdown. Game over. Game over. And, and, and the Pats had the uh, yeah. They did indeed. Jeff. Oh yeah. Okay, so so you're calling the Pats. Um, uh, you said other predictions for 2018. Um, I predict I'll go to a Weird Al concert. Okay. <laughs> I predict that uh, I I don't know I I got to quote somebody from Star Wars. I got a bad feeling about this. Something's happening politically, um, catastrophically. Like 2018's like a. I'm gonna say something. Something bad's gonna happen. I'm not gonna say like a 911 well, kind of thing, here, but something here's really the, bad. Here's the thing that scares the crap out, of, that worries the crap out of me. The two, the one thing that's always worried the crap out of me is Blotus has already put out there he's going to pardon everybody. He, he's going to he that he can pardon himself. That he's going to pardon everybody right down the line. When Nixon was impeached, the thing with Nixon when he fought, when he had the special counsel fired, um, oh, it was it wasn't the St. Valentine's massacre. I'm trying to forget what they called it, but where everybody got fired over a weekend. Uh-huh. Um, you know, the attorney general, the deputy attorney general, wouldn't fire the special counsel, so he fired them to appoint somebody who then fired the special counsel. Um, the the evidence was so overwhelming. The Republican Congress Saturday Night Massacre. Saturday Night Massacre. Thank you. The it was the Congress. The, the Congress was was Republican, or the Senate was Republican. The Republican Senate didn't have a choice but to impeach their own president. They had to at that point. Now it's coming out in the past few days that Paul Ryan has been obstructing the the Russian investigation, like actively um, denying subpoenas and feeding information that wasn't supposed to be fed, Um, you know, things that were given in testimony, like, you know, he's been releasing it to, like, other senators and congresspeople and stuff like that, like actively going out of his way to impede the investigation. Because at this point... You know, when, when Blotus, te- you know, tweets out yesterday that it's been a year-long investigation and they've come up with nothing, there's been four people indicted. There's already been four people arrested, charged, indicted, and many more to come. And we know there's many more to come. And what the Republicans are now doing is now they're trying to um, openly say that the guy, Daniel Steele, who had that dossier – which it's also come out recently that the dossier was in um, was came after an investigation had already been opened that, that because of um, oh what's his uh, 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 the, the, the coffee boy there what's his name there, there was there was already some stuff going on that led to that like people are like saying oh the dossier caused all this no no this was already going on that people were already saying look. Look at Deutsche Bank. Look at all the Trump loans over the last 20 years. Look at all the things that have been happening. And and just the fact that it's just such a grotesque money grab that, you know, I'm not going to even detail, but it's come yeah. out that, like, he was trying to get a Trump Tower built in Russia with Putin's help two years earlier. And that the guy who put the deal together, you know, all the papers had surfaced where he, in his own writing, is like, you know, I can get Putin to back Trump, and Putin can guarantee 
he he'll become president. That was a year and a half before he announced he was going to run for right. office. I mean, Putin can guarantee he'll become president. But he did. But he he did a very good job of helping him along. And now it's gone past, like, did he obstruct? Did he help? Was there collusion? They all know it. And now my biggest fear in 2018 is they're going to make it all go away. That that they make it go away and Trump pardons Flynn. Trump pardons everybody down the line and stuff like that. And these are major crimes. And at the same time, even when the Senate voted 98 to 2 to sanction Russia – those sanctions haven't gone into effect yet. Mm-hmm. And on the other hand, Putin's up for election. And Putin comes out a couple weeks ago and says, the U.S. better not meddle in our election. This is a red line. Do not meddle in our elections. It's like, so, you know. Hey. And here's, But here's the biggest thing that's happened since we've had our last podcast. Trump is going at war with the FBI, going out of his way to discredit the FBI. A blanket statement. They're in chaos. They're in disarray. They're 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 not to be trusted. What that asshole, what that absolute treasonous asshole doesn't realize, there are thousands of cases. Whether it's um, mass shooters, whether it's white collar criminals, whether it's terrorist plots, every single fucking defense attorney, whether they're a public defender or a high-paid mouthpiece, now all they have to do is look at the jury of 12 people and say, hey, this is the FBI investigation. If you're president, if the most powerful man in the world says that they can't be trusted, how can you trust him? And all you need is one of 12 of those juries to be a Trump supporter, a Trumpkin. And even if they're not a Trump supporter, I mean, all you need is to cast doubt. All you need is uh, one of 12 people to have reasonable doubt. And we're talking murderers, banker, whatever. The, the, the FBI has thousands upon thousands upon thousands of career, you know, polit- you know, career workers who are now being completely undermined across the country. Like literally every case that the FBI is working now – the defendants, all they have to do is say, look, repeatedly you're being told by the president who's not being told by Congress, who's not being told by the Senate, who's not being told by his party, who's not being told by anybody. Hey, you might want to back off on this outward, you know, tearing down the FBI because, I mean, that it has, yeah, it has a ripple effect throughout the entire uh, country. But um, uh, the, I guess, one bright side is that uh, 2018 will offer the United States of America midterm elections. Did you get any predictions? Is Doug Jones in, in Alabama an anomaly, or is that going to be the new, the new norm? I think that might have been a nice, refreshing wake-up call to the awful lot of honkies out there who are on the fence, who are maybe leaning Republican, but maybe consider themselves independent, that, hey, um, this is not the kind of party you want to be barracking for the next two, three, four, five years. And maybe you lazy-ass motherfuckers who are Democratic, who just don't have the time to go and vote, um, it maybe kind of counts. Like, it maybe it is important that you get up and you go vote, and you actually have to pay attention to the non-presidential election and, you right. know, start to, you know, we start to drain the swamp, as they say. When one party 
across the board goes well out of its way to take away your right to vote, to prevent you from voting. Voter IDs. I, I mean, and it's and it's funny because you go down the list of like, you know, so I just saw this on Twitter of like all the presidential um, elections that you didn't need voter, voter IDs. IDs. And, and then, then the, Obama. That black guy comes along. What's a black guy doing in the White House anyways, Joe? Two, three, <laughs> but but seriously, it's like that starts it, and then the 2010 gerrymandering and stuff like that. Gerrymandering. It's gerrymandering. Jerry, sorry, Jerry, with a G, right? Not a J. Gerrymandering is what the what, what you were talking about earlier about the FBI, the FBI cases. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Um, this is gerrymandering. So the gerrymandering uh, that happened in 2010 that is slowly starting to make its way through the courts and the Supreme Court in a couple cases and a state by state thing has gone back in and said, no, you can't redraw these lines. You got to go back to the pre-2010 districting and stuff like that. But the absolute time, money, effort, political weight being thrown behind taking away your vote tells you something. Because they know if people voted, if if if, if you had to vote, or people gave a fuck, like we were just talking, like it's the apathy that is killing us. Um, two years ago, two years ago, three years ago in Scotland, they had a one ballot referendum to secede from the United Kingdom or not. They lowered the voting age to 16 for this one time election. And without looking it up, I know it was over 90, but I think it was like 96 percent of people eligible to vote, voted in that election. I mean, it meant something to these people, and they got out. And you see what happened, you know, the next day after the Brexit vote. The the three most Google thing in the world is, how do I vote? When is the election? And what is Brexit? <laughs> and, and, and I'm dead serious. Those or the, can, I, it's like, can, I, can I take my vote back? Right. And people, and, and that's one of those things. And I think so many people, when, when Blotus got elected, who never never thought he was going to. But then again, you see these, these election matters. I mean, you have to vote so overwhelmingly. You, you, if you're going to be a Democrat, you have to win by a landslide. You can't win by a margin. The whole thing, like Roy Moore never conceded the election, and he kept trying and trying to get a recount and, and voter thing. It would have if the if the Doug Jones won by it was it one point five percent of the vote. If he had well, if he had he won by more than that, but I think the, the recount said that if, he'd won, if it was point five or less, right, there would have been an automatic recount. And so if it's close enough, you you know you can you can always steal a couple thousand votes here and there. So. People have to, but that you know, but but that's is that your prediction or your hope that the house goes back? My prediction is that there will be a lot more democratic wins. Uh, I won't say it'll be across the board. I don't think that you know. I don't know what I don't know what what what's up for grabs. I don't know how many. I mean, I don't know how many Republican seats are up for grabs. I'll say that there'll be more than uh, why not? There'll be more than fifty percent. Uh, that's too much, Joe. How about more than 25, 30% of the Republican seats up for grabs will go swing to the to the Democratic side? Because you need three. That's what you need to flip the Senate. You, yeah. you, you need something like 30-some to flip the House. My my, my hope, and, and I do, I did think they won the House. My fear is, however, that, you know, between the day of the election 
and the House being flipped, like like before the Senate, the new Senate comes in, that the majority GOP changes all the rules and, and ramrods some rules and they put back the 60-40 vote, you know, um, and because it's over New Year's, like on New Year's Eve, Blotus signed a bunch of legislation that that stripped away a lot of the EPA power, which is already stripped away, that has already basically he's he's defunded for lack of better words, like OSHA. Basically saying, oh, all these regulations, all these rules that are keeping people from dying on the work site, all these safety bullshit type thing. He signed a bunch of different legislation. Who on New Year's Eve was – if anybody was talking about him, they were talking about how he golfed like nine days in a row. Nobody was talking about, oh, do you really realize all these – because he didn't do the big signing where he shows you the signature and does the photo. Up. Signed a bunch of shit that it was a late uh, Christmas present to corporations making it okay to he wants the robber baron days of yore to come back like that's what making america great again is all about it's basically saying look let's make it way easier for corporations to uh rob the country blind and not be regulated and that's exactly what it is take away but anyways um so what are the movies you want to see this year, Joe? <laughs> uh, there are movies coming out this year. Um, I'm just trying not to get to. <laughs> I don't know. What, what's coming out this year? Is it, Oh, the Han Solo movie. The Han Solo movie is coming out. Um, also, is Wonder Woman 2? Avengers. Or is Wonder Woman 2 18 or 19? Uh, no, probably 19. It's all shot. I oh, think, really? I think, yeah. Because oh, so maybe it is 18. I think, I think it is all, it's all shot. Um Avengers, the final Avengers, yep. is coming out. Uh, kinda, is it the final? Yeah, Avengers? I think it is. And it's it's a two parter. Is it? I think so. The, oh. the the Infinity War. Well, oh okay. So it's a two parter. I, I thought it was a two part. Huh. I could be wrong. Ant Man two. So you got yeah. So you got Ant Man two coming now. I wonder if those are before or after. I probably are there any Lego movies coming out? I don't know about that. Maybe not. I did like, not see the last Lego movie. The Ninjago I, movie. I wanted to see the last one. Yeah, you know, it's one of those things you catch on Netflix. Or yeah, whatever. yeah, yeah. The Batman one I had to see. Oh yeah, and it was great. It was that was worth the money. It was worth me giving money to Steven Mnuchin. Uh, D- Deadpool two comes out. Oh yes, and if Deadpool two. It doesn't have to be as good as Deadpool one, but if it lives up to the uh, the trailer, the Bob Ross trailer, <laughs> the Bob Ross trailer, oh, it's so great, so good. And how he's like painting, you know. If you haven't seen it, take a look. It's and for those of you who don't know who Bob Ross is, shame on you. He's a painter that was on PBS for decades. Uh, and at the beginning of every Bob Ross episode, happy little trees. He would paint the happy little trees. We don't call them accents. We call them uh, happy. We, we, we something like that. Anyways. But then at the beginning of every episode, he runs down the, the the paint colors, and they all had like very unique names. But the Deadpool version had like Betty White and, you know, <laughs> as one of the colors. Uh, so good, shit brown or something like that. <laughs> so so, uh, and, and, yeah. Is thoughts on the solo movie? Uh, it's Ron Howard. It's great. I'm hoping. My hope of hopes. Your new hope is that uh, that he's a douchebag. That he's not a good guy. Oh, that Han Solo is. Yeah, I thought Han you meant Ron, Ron yeah. Howard. Oh, How dare Ron, you? That a-hole. No. Um, <laughs> there's one thing I know about Ron Howard. Yes. Classic a-hole. Know anything. Right. Uh, no, no, I agree. Oh, Open Cunningham. Right. I agree that he should be like the legendary fucking pirate that he was. Right. 
Yeah, and Lando should be a, like a, a scoundrel, and you know, there's probably you know, there's going to be a lot of um, a lot of. I don't want the revisionist history. Well, you know, I don't want the. Well, he was really had a heart of gold all along. No, right? No, no, no. You don't want any of that. I just don't want him to like leer too far into like the Billy D kind of. Uh, hello there, young lady. You know, <laughs> like no, I don't want him to be too much of a womanizer. Um, Jurassic World. Eh. Is that is that what it's called? The new one, Jurassic. Yeah, it's. Uh, oh, what's it called? Uh, I forget what it's called. Jurassic World was the last movie. This is like Return to Jurassic World, a Jurassic something. Um, I saw the trailer for it. Looks fun. Uh, I'm not. I'm not all. I'm not all hyped up to it. I do like Chris Pratt. Um, I do. One thing I will say about 2017 is when Jimmy Kimmel um, had to take a leave of absence because his baby was having heart surgery. Snowflake. Uh, um, he had a, a week long, uh, week long worth of shows with guest hosts, and Chris Pratt was one of them, and it was great. Like the Chris Pratt hosted episode was fucking fantastic. Um, so I, I'm I'm rooting for him. Um, I don't know. I, I can't think of any. What are the, did you make any more? Lists yeah, uh, the the Incredibles, uh, which is one of our all time favorite movies, and I don't know why they never did a sequel, but they finally did. Um, and it's one of those things where I lo- it's as far as like when you when you talk about family viewing, that's something that is a family we watched without exaggeration, maybe thirty times together, um, and it was like the only Disney movie that we loved that they never did. Um, a sequel to, and it was always puzzling because in LA you have Disney Disneyland on one side and California Adventure on the other side of this big, there's a like, like a man-made water right be- between them, and uh, and that became like the the Pixar park almost, and they had a parade every day, like twice a day, and the Incredibles were a big part of that parade. And walking around, you would have like you know the Incredibles in suits and stuff like that, the, the characters that you could take pictures with. So they always, you know, were a big presence in the Disney universe. But the movie did incredibly well. But why they never made a sequel, I don't know. But as a family, that's probably you know Avengers, uh, the Solo movie, and the Incredibles are the three huge movies we're looking forward to. Speaking of Pixar, have you seen Coco? Have not. I heard it was great. Uh, I did not see it myself, but um, that's one thing. I used to be like, anytime Pixar came out with something, I was right there. And then as of lately, I've been sort of like kind of lackadaisical about, you know, going to see Pixar movies, or I've been more selective. Well, uh, if we're going to go see movies, we're going to have to come up with some money. All right. Um, start. Getting back to stripping, I guess. <laughs> uh, there, there are other ways, Joe's. No, I'm not going that way, man. Such as the funk sponsors. One quarter at a time. <laughs> the hard way. Hey, you want $100 the hard way? <laughs> yeah, I guess it's time for the first defunct sponsor of 2018. Tweeter for times like these. Kenwood Home Stereos. NEC video components. Nakamichi car stereos. These are the times that call for the best, and the best value is at Tweeter. So, um, we uh, we already talked about the Pats winning the Super Bowl, hopefully, uh, but just in the past 
week, the past few days, like Friday, uh, the big story broke on ESPN, who have a vendetta against the Patriots, and you can't say that they that they don't. Um, and some people are shocked by the the story that came out. You and I have been talking about it for two months. Um, the the rift between the Kraft family, Bill Belichick, and Tom Brady, and the only reason this team has been this good this long, and historically this good this long. You know, you've had teams that have had great runs. No one's had a run that has lasted this long. When when all is said and done, and they go back, like right now, they have the most consecutive. 12 win seasons in a row. They have the record for most division titles in a row, the most 13 win seasons. All these things have been done by three equal parts, the Kraft family, Bill Belichick, and Tom Brady. And when the Krafts took over the Patriots, they were a dumpster fire of dumpster fires. They had more than their fair share of 1-15 in seasons. Um, They had their fair share of embarrassing coaches. Um, there, there was no real face to the franchise. N- n- you know, no offense, Tony Eason. <laughs> um, but when the Crafts bought the team, you know, within the first couple of years, they went to a Super Bowl with, with Drew Bledsoe in '96. Uh, but they, they, you know, the year before Tom Brady, they were five and eleven. You know, under Drew Bledsoe, they were five. They were an exciting team. Like Drew Bledsoe was like third or fourth in touchdowns and yards passing this, that season, but still five and eleven. Uh, this is how much of a sports fan, sports nut that I am. I can't remember who Bill Belichick took over for. Uh, it was not. Um, was it Pete Carroll? Oh. I don't remember if Pete Carroll was the coach just before Bill Belichick, I mean, be or if right. there was a coach between. Pete Carroll, and I've heard so many interviews with Pete Carroll and with the Crafts, who have both re- who you know both realized uh, they made each other better. And one of the things that uh, that really kind of you know blew up in uh, in the Patriots' face um, is when they had Bill Parcells, is you know owners having a hand in drafts and player personnel decisions. And the same thing kind of happened with Pete Carroll. And when Belichick came along, one of the promises that Robert Kraft had made is, I'm hiring you to coach this team. And, you know, we get a GM and a coach to make player personnel decisions. The GM will, will you know, make the deals to get the player the coach needs to win games. And that's it. And that that has that has. That's how it's worked the last 17 years. It was Parcells, Carroll, and then Belichick. Okay. And so, and and Parcells, you know, Belichick was part of Parcells' staff, you know, while he was here in New England. Who was before Parcells? Uh, Russ Myers. Uh, Dick McPherson. Dick McPherson. Right. And, and, And if you look at Dick McPherson's record, I mean, I don't, I don't think he had, you know, the Patriots won 13 games this year. I don't think McPherson had 13 wins in his stint. I think it was eight and 24 if I'm reading this correctly. Right. Yes. So like I said, they've won more games Uh, this year. Rod Rust. Rod Roll. Another one. And seriously, what was his record? Do you you got the record? You take a guess. Rod one year, Russ, one season. Oh, was that the one in fifteen season? Yes, it was. Okay, see, and so, so that's it. And even under Parcells, I mean, they went to, they did, they went to the Super Bowl in '96 against. Um, and, but okay, they they go to the Super Bowl in '96 against the, um, against the Green Bay Packers, and it comes out 
the week before the Super Bowl that Parcells has left to take the Jets job. And honestly, doesn't even take the team charter home. Like, you know, yeah. I mean, that that's how dysfunctional this was. And the Crafts learned their lesson. They learned, and that's what drove, you know, basically Bill Parcells away. And that's what, you know, really handcuffed Pete Carroll. Until, the, until recently, the Crafts had honored their word. And Bill Belichick has made very questionable decisions. He hasn't always been right, but in the Bill We Trust thing, it's worked out. And I know I don't want this to be all Patriot Radio. I apologize, but I'll get to I'll wrap it up. What's happened in the last few days? But under Parcells, he got rid of you know uh, um, uh, Richard Seymour on the eve of the season, who you know was in his fifth year, made the Pro Bowl four out of five years, and they got rid of him, and it was shocking. It was a salary cap thing. Turned out to be the right decision. You you go down, it's like, what do you mean you're getting rid of Wes Welker? And then, because, but he's on the practice field with Edelman every day. He knows he had these guys replaced. You look how often he's right. He's brought in free agents that haven't worked, but right now, like at the beginning of the season, they had three quarterbacks on the roster. And all three quarterbacks are starting quarterbacks at the end of the season, all doing very well. Um, you, you know, so so what ends up happening in, – in, in, and here's the other thing about Bill Belichick. He's not afraid to make the jaw-dropping. I can't fucking believe he made that move. Not just with the Patriots. You go way back when he was coaching Cleveland – Bernie Kosar was a local boy, and Cleveland lived for Bernie Kosar. Bernie Kosar was as popular in Cleveland on a shitty team as as Brady is now. Um, And basically there were lynch mobs ready for Bill Belichick when he took Vinny Testaverde over Bernie Kosar. People couldn't believe it. Like there was – there, there was blood in the water, you know, for him. Same thing. I mean, Drew Bledsoe was the face of the New England Patriots before Brady. And when Bledsoe got hurt in week four, week five, you know, Brady came in, got them to the playoffs, got hurt. Bledsoe played in the, the divisional round game, won the game, and to everybody's shock, he put Brady back. You know, Brady was a backup who served very nicely, who did better than expectation, lost a couple games, I think it was like five and three, you know, something like five and three, six and four in that time, but good enough, got him in the playoffs. Um, but after, you know, Bledsoe led them to a win in a division game, uh, uh, Belichick had no problem going back to Brady. And now... Everybody knows the worst kept secret in football is Jimmy Garoppolo is a better than average NFL quarterback. He is 26 years old um, and Brady is 40 and most likely will win the MVP. Like his last five weeks, he's fallen off. He hasn't had a 300 yard game the last five weeks. Um, They've won four of those five games, you know what I mean? And a couple of games were closer than they should have been. He's thrown more interceptions in the last five games than the last two seasons. Um, So his body is showing its 40-year age. Uh, And and everybody knows that Belichick wanted Jimmy Garoppolo to be the starter next year. Uh, Without coming out and saying that, that's the only reason on the eve of the season you traded away your third-string quarterback. And so it, it, it was so obviously why you were keeping Jimmy Garoppolo. And then on the deadline of the trade, they sent him to San Francisco. A lot of reasons why San Francisco to other teams. But now the big article in ESPN was 
you know, that Kraft sided with Brady and said, we're sticking with Brady. We're sticking with the, we're going to start next season with a 41 year old Tom Brady who got the shit kicked out of him this year. He got sacked more this year. He got sacked like three times as much this year. As last year, he's thrown three times as many interceptions this year as last year. MVP season, hopefully wins the Super Bowl, but Belichick is ready to move on. I mean, so basically, if you break it down, Belichick's the brains. Yes. Kraft is the heart. Yeah. And Brady's the muscle. Yeah, that's a great way of putting it. And you know what? But this muscle is... Weakening. Weakening. And But the heart is beating stronger to keep... That muscle in with the fan, like you know, it's almost like we don't want to shoot old Yeller because right. <laughs> you know. But but that's the thing. It's like, but he's not. But he's not that Brady's an old Yeller. Uh, and and look, it's unthinkable. But even even Tom Brady has said in the last couple of years, Joe Montana finished with Kansas City. You know, Johnny Unitas finished with the Chargers. Um, you know, you go down the list, and he Peyton knows Manning. Peyton Manning finished, you know, with, with Denver and did okay. You know, yeah. won a Super Bowl. Was horrible, but won a Super right. Bowl. It went lost an AFC title game. The next year, won a Super Bowl. I mean, so and it's the same thing. You know, pe- people in New England don't like to talk about the fact that Bobby Orr ended his career as the Chicago Blackhawk. Uh-huh. Um, Phil Esposito ended his. I think he ended his New York Rangers. He went to the Rangers. But Bork won a Stanley Cup with the Avalanche. With the Avalanche, you know, and then. This town in the city of Boston put up billboards to support Ray Bork and the Colorado Avalanche. Yeah. Um, the thing is, it's like I, I've been—I'm the biggest Brady hawk, and I'm the one that's been mocking all the people who said Brady's going to fall off a cliff. Brady's going to fall off a cliff. He hasn't fallen off a cliff. Like I said, he's won the last four or five games. They've—they started the season two and two. So in the last 12 games, you've gone 11-1. and one. He should win the MVP. There's a couple people who've had good seasons, but at the end of the day, you know, he should be the MVP. Um, he should win the Super Bowl. That said, he starts next year at 41. And if it's and, – and last year, we all know he had the four-game vacation to start the year. So mm-hmm. he came in week five a lot fresher. You know, the line was a lot better. It takes – three or four, four or five weeks for the offensive line to figure things out. So Brady, by the first four games this year, he got sacked more than all of last year. Those are the kind of things. Next year, is he more hurt? This year, he had an Achilles thing and a shoulder thing, and I don't know. But but the big thing is ESPN has said what you and I have on this podcast have been saying. I mean, you have said, and I've nodded, that, you know, the Crafts, broke their own rule and they stepped in and now the talk isn't is Brady going to leave is is Belichick going to leave he loves the New York Giants he loves the organization he loves the history it's where he won his first Super Bowls there's a coaching vacancy there that they haven't filled yet I mean is it a done deal that Matt Patricia and who's the defensive co- uh, the offensive Josh, coordinator? Yeah, Josh, Josh McDaniels I mean they're both up for head coach prospects it, it, I mean, it's Josh McDaniels um has to go I mean, I mean, his window, you know, I don't know. So, so he's Josh McDaniels is the offensive coordinator who's gone to six straight AFC title games. He's won two of the last three Super Bowls. If he wins a third Super Bowl in four years and the one year he doesn't win, you've lost the AFC title game by two points on the road in Denver. Your stock is not going to be higher. Um, 
The thing is, he had a coaching stint with Denver. Unfortunately, he has to live with the fact he is the one that decided to take Tim Tebow in the first round as a quarterback, where everybody else had him going in the fifth round as a tight end. Um, and, and he only had a year and a half in Denver. And, you know, your second job, you have to be good. You have to be a 550, 600 winning you know, coach for four or five years to get your third coaching job somewhere else. So he has to go to a place where there's already a good quarterback. He's a good offensive guy. So he needs a lot of pieces around him. He can't go and take the Cleveland Browns. He can't go and take that job. Yeah, he's not nation building. Right, right. No, no, the talk is, can he go to the Colts where they might have a good quarterback if Andrew Luck is healthy? And if they don't, he has... The guy who's been his backup for the last two years, who's been starting there the last six weeks. And then Matt Patricia, as as we said, I mean, the Patriots, uh, they they are 32nd in the league by giving up the most yards. But they're only like sixth in most points given up. And <laughs> seriously, and it's a bend, don't break thing. When you look at the Patriots defense this year, it's crap. I mean, I mean, they went out and they got a complete douchebag, awful human being, James Harrison from uh, Pittsburgh. We haven't talked since James Harrison came to the Patriots. Two games left in the season. Um, The Steelers cut James Harrison. Uh, One week left in the season, they cut James Harrison, and the Patriots pick him up. Uh, He's a Hall of Fame Pittsburgh Steeler, and the Steelers are just furious, just absolutely furious. The players are coming out calling him names, saying he's a bad person. He is a bad person, but we're so depleted, we needed to take a bad person. Uh, With that depleted defense, how do you see last week's game going? Well, well, they don't play last week because we we got the bye week, so everybody has a chance. So we have to figure out, are we going to play? We play the lowest seed person, so we probably play Kansas City, but... My point with Matt Patricia, their defensive coordinator, is it's the same thing as Josh McDaniels. He's somebody who has taken a – I mean, Josh McDaniels has – uh, Tom Brady, yeah. <laughs> you know, so how good are you if you got Tom Brady? Like, honestly, could could you – you might be uh, a 10-11 winning offensive coordinator with Tom Brady. Uh, but what Matt Patricia did with the defense, so that's the whole thing. It's like Matt Patricia is probably going to be gone. Josh McDaniels should be gone. So you're talking next season starting with Brady and Belichick, who've never been friends. Like, it, it, famously, they've never had a beer together. They've never one-on-one gone out to dinner. They are not pals. They, they're office co-workers who... They haven't gone to one Trump rally together? They haven't gone to a Trump rally. You are... Why? <laughs> why, Joe? What, what is the upside? Like, does do you feel better by tearing me down? I'm a bully. Okay, hey. So, um, I think the Patriots play the Kansas City Chiefs next week. Okay. My, my predictions are the Patriots play the Kansas City Chiefs, the Steelers play the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, you don't think the Chiefs shit themselves? Not against Tennessee. All right. When they come to New England, I don't think it's going to be the Kansas City Chiefs that beat the Patriots week one. Right, right. That's when they'll shit themselves. Okay. Uh, but let's move on to something happier. Netflix pick of the week. You got some? I've only been watching Netflix a little bit the past couple of weeks. Actually, I have Hulu now, so I'm watching a little bit of that. But my Netflix pick of the week, I guess, would be 
the um, Dave Chappelle comedy specials that a pair of comedy specials that just came out last week. Now the Dave Chappelle one. This isn't the one a little while back. You said it was okay the whole way through, but it was the long play, and he wrapped it all up and it made it genius. Right now, this is brand new. Okay. So it's two things. I forget what they're called because I have very poor reading retention. Uh, but the one of them is called the Bird Revelation. And the other one, I forget, but he talks about, like, you know, he talks about Louis C.K., he talks about Harvey Weinstein, he talks a little bit about, like, how the women are could have maybe done a little bit more to not get themselves into certain situations. It's a, it's very, it's kind of controversial. He talks a little bit about him breaking down and going to South Africa when his show, um, when, when, when he was getting all that, you know, he basically turned down $50 million from Comedy Central to come to back for season three. In 2004, I believe, um, and he went to South Africa, and he talks a, a little bit about that. His voice is a lot raspier now. Like, I think he has, I, I'm going to say, I think he has some sort of, like, the beginnings of, like, throat cancer, throat cancer or something. That's my, you know, but he's a smoker. Like, he's at the comedy store. He's the only one smoking in the room. Like, he's literally smoking cigarettes, chain smoking, on stage. Well, all these other assholes in an L.A., you know, comedy club are restricted from doing so. The, the the other special that he does, he's vaping on stage, and he's it's <laughs> it's interesting because he also tapes in front of multiple audiences. I think he did two audiences per special. You know, so you see like him talking to different people in like the front row. So he does some crowd work, not too much, but it's a good it's a good special. Uh, I laughed, um, and uh, I'm not racist because I watched the black guy special. Yeah. <laughs> That's how it works. Yeah. What's yours? Uh, so I had seen on Netflix a couple weeks earlier, and I put it on my uh, my list, your viewing list. It used to be you put, put it on your queue and get it right. mailed to you. Oh, yeah. And then about four hours after I had said, oh, I'm going to want to watch this, you called and said, oh, have you heard of this show? What is it called? The Toys? The Toys That Made Us. The Toys That Made Us. And so I've, for the last two weeks, I've wanted to watch it. And then just, you know, because we had two snow days in a row, Thursday and Friday, I was, you know, home with the little guys. Uh, management is, is away on a business trip. And I'm like, I'm just going to watch one of these. And it was the Star Wars one. And I thought I thought I knew the history of the Star Wars toys because we've joked about it a lot, how, you know, how Lucas has full rights to it. That, that and I was, Fox... I was surprised to see how little merchandising money he was making. Shocking. Like, because we always joked about... Well, everybody's joked about the 20th Century Fox didn't didn't have any piece of the pie. What apparently had happened is that the first when the first wave of Star Wars toys came out and Kenner got the the licensing deal, they made 95 percent of the profits, and then Lucas and 20th Century Fox split five percent. And the only reason Kenner got it that was a smaller toy company in Cincinnati. Everybody else had passed on it. Yeah. It, it's like all the record companies that passed on the Beatles. Like nobody else took them. And they went to Mattel and they went to all the other big makers at the time. And then the toys got so big. Uh, my favorite part was they weren't going to be done in time and they knew they weren't going to be done in time for the Christmas thing. So they they took a flyer. They absolutely, you know, just threw shit out there and they pre-sold 
the toys. Basically, well, it was the it was the early bird cardboard. Right. Yeah. It you, you, you could buy a piece of cardboard. Right. It was a display case. It was basically a folded piece of cardboard with the names of all of the action figures that you can get and will be sent to you. In May or March or whatever it, it was. It was like um, I think it was March. The, the albums when you were like pre pre you know the remember that oh the like, Columbia House Columbia House when you would pay right. for the but subscription. The, it was basically a presale, right? And it's like so basically you're not basically you're just buying a piece of cardboard and a promissory note that this toy company that you might not have heard of is eventually going to send you. And these there was figures. a commercial for this. Right, and uh, so so I watched the Star Wars one, and then, of course, they made so much money, and it always burnt Lucas how much money they made, because they did. They made, uh, like, year one, they made $30 million, and then year two, they made, like, $100 million, and then year three, they made something like $400 million. but then, uh, you know, um, they had some competition, um, you know, there, there was a big push. What are you going to do? Because there was like years. There was like three or four year gap between Star Wars and Empire. Well, when, and, when, when, yeah, and then when Jedi happened, then there was nothing. There, nothing. There was nothing. Done. What I like the best about the um, the contract agreement with Kenner and Lucasfilm or 20th Century Fox is that Kenner could keep the licensing forever, forever, if if they had just. Either produced or as long as they produced enough to make what ten thousand dollars in profits. All they had to do was send a year ten thousand dollar check per year. Right, that Kenner had to send them a ten thousand dollar check to Twentieth Century Fox, and then at some point in the nineties, late nineties or mid 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 nineties, Kenner's management. They were bought out by another company, and then that company lapsed. Yeah, it was didn't, Hasbro and, bought them out. Right, Hasbro, and they didn't send the payment or whatever. And so, boop. And like six months after they don't send the payment, and this and this was what it was then, you know, because they went back to Lucas a number of times saying, are you going to make another one? Are you going to – because they had offers to do TV stuff and spinoff stuff, and Lucas said, no, we're done. We're done. We're done. We're done. And then just after the contract expired, like Lucas turned around and said, oh, yeah, we are going to make some more. Yeah, so here – yeah, he has idea. All, all of a sudden he has ideas for the prequels. And, and then the negotiations begin. And then he, got, he ended, up, ended up getting like 18% or something like that. Yeah, it was a lot more, right. But it, it's not – It's fascinating. It sounds – we're not doing a good job. The intrigue – and the, the great thing is they're talking to the people who actually designed the toy. Uh, one guy – oh, th- they made all the toys and they had a mock-up for a Jawa and they didn't have um, – the, the cloak. The, the, the right the right material for the cloak of the right color. So he used a sock. Yeah. He literally took his sock off his foot, cut it, and then cut a hole in it so and, and put it up on this little figure and gave it to Fox and said, here you go. This is what the Jawa looks like. Great. And, and they greenlit it. And, right. uh, so it was more fa- – it was fascinating to find out how the toys were made. The Millennium Falcon. The Millennium Falcon. Did you see that, 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 that mock-up? I think it was made out of uh, mahogany. Wood. Yeah, mahogany. Right. Holy shit, that thing was fucking awesome. So there was an intern, a paid intern. He was 20 or 21. And they were like, hey, do you want to handle the design of the Millennium Falcon? And this is before the movie came out. And so they had like, you know, a couple stills and stuff like that to go off of. Uh, that guy's entire career was making Millennium Falcon. And I like at the beginning, they did like a little recreation of what it was like for that designer of the Millennium Falcon toy to be invited to go on set 
of Industrial Light and Magic and see what the uh, screen version, version of the Millennium Falcon looked like so that he could get a kind of a first-hand, first-hand um, look. And so it was great. Yeah, it was just a nice way to... It was a nice little touch. And then so the three other episodes that are available now, it's actually an eight-part series, but they're only showing four. Then it's followed by Barbie, which was fascinating. He-Man... And um, G.I. Joe. G.I. Joe. Now, G.I. Joe is a sad one because a guy who created G.I. Joe oh, yeah. was given the same thing. We'll give you $50,000 and 1.5% of this, you know, this toy or give you a $100,000 buyout now. And He took the buyout. Took the buyout. You know what? How can we start the year off oh, without gosh. doing a random video game review? Why don't we do this? Just uh, oh, maybe I'm going to shoot myself in the foot. I was going to say, okay. let's expand it. Yeah, I'm dumb. You're dumb? <laughs> I'm, I'm down. <laughs> oh, I see. Pick anything off of any shelf that Whoa. has to do with video games. I'll probably have not played it. Okay, so just so you guys know, uh, when Joe says pick any game off a shelf, his Nintendo Entertainment shelves, shelves is about 270 tapes. When he says pick any game off any shelf, there are literally a dozen shelves with cartridges from, what, 10 different systems? Yeah, there's an Xbox shelf, there's a GameCube shelf, there's an Xbox 360 shelf, there's two Ge- Sega Genesis shelves that actually go two games deep. There's a, say, a PlayStation 2 shelf. I'm going to close my eyes so that I don't even know which shelf he's going to pull a game. And there's also a shelf on way on the left that has some miscellaneous games as well from TurboGrafx-16 and PlayStation right. discs. What shelf am I picking off from there? What shelf is that, that is the PlayStation 2 shelf that I've seen you've picked a game from. And I, did, I do have them alphabetized for uh, easy access purposes. And he picked off something that's not Kingdom Hearts, I don't think. H, uh, it's not Looney Tunes. God, what did he pick up? K-L, um, I don't know. What is it? It is, oh, Lara Croft Tomb Raider Anniversary. This is a, um, PlayStation 2 version of the famed Lara Croft Tomb Raider game that, uh, first made its debut on the PlayStation and on PC back in the mid to late 90s. A bit in the mid-90s. But this is the revamped version of the original Tomb Raider game. And it was groundbreaking for the time, at the time because there was a lot of 3D exploration that wasn't available in, any, in a lot of other games. There was a lot of puzzle solving. And then you also had a very easy on the eyes to the heterosexual teenage male character. Uh, they they kind of toned down her assets in the revamped version. Like, Fail in the original version, like she looked like the original Barbie, like with with her chest size, it was a little ridiculous. Um, this time she looks a little bit more proportionate. Uh, of course, her waistline is a zero. Oh, which by the way, the interesting thing about the Barbie thing is like, <laughs> no, no, the the because because people always said, oh, a real woman wouldn't look like that. The interesting thing is like it was designed like that to put the clothes on, right? With with the clothes on, it looked more proportionate, right? And, and so everyone is always judged, including me, who's like, oh, women are going to have this um, bad image because they can never, you can no human being can look like that. You're not supposed to be looking at the Barbie naked. The, yes. whole, and and the original fun- Barbie had nipples. And that's the funny thing <laughs> is that, that like how girls and boys saw the toy or how men and women saw the toy. Anyways, I'm sorry to sidebar. Yeah, but right. Exactly. So, so Lara Croft. But I want my Lara Croft being unrealistically obtainable. Right. Exactly. And then uh, of course uh, she was made probably most popular to the mainstream with the Angelina Jolie movies that came out in the early 2000s. 
Um, and she's still making games today. She there's a I think there's new uh, there was a new PS4 game yep, Tomb yep. Raider. Um, I think there's another one coming out maybe next year or last year. So have you played this? I played a little bit of it. I haven't played the anniversary. I played the, a, little, a little bit of the original. I'm not a big Tomb Raider fan. Not that it's bad. I just like I, I don't know. Like is that a first person shooter or uh, is it it's more a third puzzle per- it's, it's a third person. It's almost like um, Uncharted. Okay. So like Uncharted is sort of like a spiritual kind of brother, right? Uh, companion to Lara Croft, but it's th- this is a little bit more PG thirteen, whereas uh, uh, Nathan Drake's Uncharted is more rated R kind of stuff. This is a very good game, and this is just a an updated version of the the kind of really choppy, you know, first wave of three D games that came out for the original PlayStation back in like ninety six. But this is like the 2003, Seven. 2007 version, right? So I don't know. Maybe I'll play this one day. If my basement weren't so damn cold. If you didn't own it, how much would you be shelling out for this? Oh, for this? Oh, um, six bucks. Uh, two fifty. Wow, wow. You could buy two copies of it and burn one plus shipping. So yeah. let's wrap up a little. Um, couple things. First of all, we you know. We didn't talk about the new book, Fire and Fury, that came out on Blotus this week. Yeah, that's all right. Uh, no, the the great thing is, the word is he's been sending people out to buy copies to burn them. Uh, my thing, and I put it on Twitter, is he really a genius? Is he a genius? Does he have a piece of the book? Because to have people go out and buy it only makes it a better selling book. Well, that's like when Sean Hannity wanted to you know, have his listeners or viewers go out and buy Keurig machines. And then smash them. And then smash them. Whoa, the Keurig was like funneling money to the Clinton Foundation or some shit. I don't know what the hell was that was all about. Or they were like more left leaning. Or I forget what it was. But yeah, but he's he's ranting about this awful book that technically hasn't come out yet. That has only made it already well, a no, sell pre sale. I think I think it's out. It, they 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 pushed up the oh, publication. Yeah, they, date. they pushed up the because because on because one, of all the great press they were getting on from one, the president. On one hand, he's saying it's an awful book. Then telling people go out and buy it so they can just burn it um it, it, no it's it's just fine but i did i, I wanted to uh um you know kind of i didn't get to talk about or you know because i skipped over it on my own rundown we were talking about the highlights of 2017 we talked about movies talked a little bit about sports this podcast show was one of the highlights if not the highlight i thought about like recently management said hey how come you're not playing hockey and it's like for a lot of reasons like the the league i played you know, I, I miss the F&H guys, and, but hockey the last few years with the F&H guys was more about hanging out than playing. The hockey in Qatar was so mind-numbingly good. The league was so great. Um, I haven't played in a league that good in literally maybe 15 years. Um, and I don't want to come back here and play stupid hero hockey. I will say that next weekend, next Saturday, uh, I'm excited about this in Wilmington at Silver Lake. They have a... A tournament every year. Are you and, announcing a an appearance? An appearance, <laughs> I, but I am. I'm you want to come down to see Jacques play play pond hockey at Silver Lake <laughs> in Wilmington at seven a.m. next Saturday and I think, morning. I think next Saturday is like it's supposed to dip back into like the, the sub zeros. It it should be. Uh, and then the Patriots play you know Saturday night. But I'm going to do that. But you know, management was like, "How come you don't play?" It's like I can't be doing the podcast once or twice a week and be 
doing hockey, and I much rather be doing this. Truly, the highlights. So that's why you're overweight. Truly, I see. the highlights for me is uh, it, with the podcast are your songs. Uh, your impersonations, truly, oh my, (laughs) your songs, your impersonations. And the other thing is when I get feedback, when I hear from, uh, you know, today when I was driving here, our, our friend Steve's like, yeah, you know, I've listened, but my wife is a real fan. Like, you know, when I get feedback from like, you know, I'll start Tommy or Biff, but other people, you know, you know, our friends in Europe and stuff like that, who have been like, oh, I heard you guys talking about XYZ or, hey, this is happening. You know, it was really great when you find out, oh, yeah, there are a couple people who don't hate us. And then maybe we should take this opportunity opportunity to thank everybody for listening to the Carnival Personnel podcast. And thank people who've come on to the Carnival Personnel. I mean... Honestly, Let's do a little a quick recap of our guests from uh, last year. I, I would. I just don't want to leave anybody out. But yeah, let's do it. Robert was yes. the, the fun. The fun thing about having Robert on as a guest was going to his place and actually playing the games with him. Uh, and the and and it's nice when you find that somebody has a real passion that you share. Yeah. I, I mean, he doesn't just. He's not this this guy loaded who just has these games downstairs in his basement. Right. He loves them. He plays with them. He fixes them. He builds them. Yep. That was a, a that true was a fan. real fun, passionate guy. Um, and then of course we had um, you know the guy that drives the blue car. What's his name? I <laughs> know <laughs> uh, we had. I mean, we had uh, Sully. So, yeah, yeah. Have, have, uh, did we have Sully or Haji? I forget which. Uh, which I, I think a little from column A, a little from column B. That was that was just a blast, and and to reconnect with them, you know. And yep. then you know, since then, I've gone to see his trivia and stuff like that. Star Wars trivia mm-hmm. was a blast. Um, fun bags, yes. I, I mean, we we we, we Dave had Mirabella. We had yeah. Dave Dave was Dave was great, and and again, I mean, talking about the outings, it's like I've seen a few concerts this year. Uh, but it was great to have Dave come on, play a song, play a couple songs live, and then, you know, I went and saw him a couple weeks later. Well, that week, that was absolutely fantastic. We but had was- uh, Chris. Chris, yes, yes, our resident evil expert. Our resident. Our resident, resident, resident evil, evil expert. Uh, that was really fun. Jenna. Uh, but Jenna, you know, I mean, to have like a real author come and actually talk about the process, because ev- absolutely everybody has this... Academy Award-winning script in their head. Everybody has this amazing story of something that they've been through or somebody that they know or life experience that would make a great book. But there's a big difference between having it in your head and going through the process of actually writing it and researching it and getting it out there. And that was great. And again, like, you know, I didn't want to gloss over when we had our friend Tracy Funbags on to actually talk to a, a clown about yes, I'm sorry, I stepped what it's there. like. Yeah. No, no, but it was like really fun. It's like her story about going through the trial through and forgetting she's in clown makeup (laughs) and having a woman throw a hot coffee on her out of absolute fear. Right. Um, Uh, Jonathan from from ACMI, Arlington Community Media. Which, you know, has has led to you doing some fun stuff with the media. Yes. Uh, it's, uh, you know, I went in there and volunteered recently. It was great. We are going to do a show because, like, you know... I'm editing about, that part. No, I don't know. No, talking about guests, uh, uh, when we had your favorite episode, when we had our friend Sam over to oh, yeah. <laughs> to absolutely talk... The minutia of minutias about the shows that I love, like Flag. I mean, I felt so bad for Joe because after about like five minutes of Joe's like, 
I'm not a teenage girl who watches these shows like you two idiots. I got better things to do, and he had better things right, to do. Right, exactly. The, the laundry needed to be folded. But God damn it, that was a fun, fun, you know. Uh, and again, you know, one of the reasons I'm, I'm badgering, you know, Joe to do a video show is when we met with. You know, uh, um, Jonathan, Jonathan and, and over at uh, the media center, and you saw like the eye candy they have. It'd be great because we have friends like our friend Rich, who, you know, woo. I I, I think Rich has been uh, been sober, you know, clean and sober for a while. But I think there's only so much stuff you can do in a lifetime. Uh-huh. When he went on, uh, our friend Rich, who's the creator of the Cinemax show um, Tales from the Tour Bus, um, some of his stories about was it. Swedish smack in the 80s when he was on tour with Metallica. Uh And again, when when you hear us have people like that on and tell these stories, these aren't weirdos off the street. Yes, they are weirdos. They are off the street. But they got the gold records on the wall. These are actual people who've gone out and done real things. And like that's what I've talked with Joe about. There's maybe 20 people that I would absolutely love to come on who are on the other side of the world or in L.A. who could Skype in and do a great interview and stuff like that. But thank you for bringing it up because one of the fun things I've said is your songs, your impersonations, and the guests. Uh, that and the uh, the feeling like I'm not completely – helpless and apathetical, even just ranting to you in your cold basement about <laughs> bloaters, um, giving out the number to the Senate when we've talked about, hey, call your senators to, you know, do X, Y, and C. Is is if no one else called except me or you, right. I at least feel like instead of being a helpless troll on Twitter, actually trying to do something. Yep, and then of course we'd be remiss if we didn't thank our regular, irregular uh, Carnival personnel guest, Jim. And and, and seriously, because uh, Jim thinks a little different than, than me, a little different than you, the fact that he comes in here and comes prepared and he's one of my only friends so, yeah. it, but he's willing to put it out there you know um so so here's so so the highlight the highlight for me having moved back here uh is doing this podcast in the last like year and a half honestly because um i i miss doing stand-up i miss doing sketches i miss writing i miss creating things it's been you know one of my to-dos i don't know if it's a resolution but i'm going to get a movie funded because it's been two years since i've done a real movie um i want to do that but i want to have more guests on so anybody listening um, oh by the way i i'm gonna drop this on on uh on joe right now we might have a guest next week oh. we might have our resident world hockey association expert <laughs> biff in the house next week oh my yeah, god he's gonna be in town oh um my god. so so it would be great you know what maybe we'll do a whole f and h sideshow and it will be like when you went out with uh our old bass player, who will actually tell the stories <laughs> properly, <laughs> not my dementia-ridden, concussed brain versions of what actually happened. Yeah. And, and 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 so Biff can really tell you, no, Scotty you're Black not, is you, a real guy. Yeah, you're not just going to be like <laughs> subconsciously reciting the uh, plot to Slapshot. <laughs> so we uh, so we do. Uh, one one of my other goals is for Carnival personnel to have a thousand Twitter. Followers, a thousand, a thousand. We have five. Well, well, so we got a ways to go. Uh, also, how about ten? There's some. There's some. <laughs> no, yeah, you know. Hey, you know, re- reach for the stars. Worst case, you hit the ceiling. <laughs> right. So, uh, but no, there's so many other guests. If 
And again, you, one of the highlights is people saying, hey, this is what really I like. Hey, you guys should maybe think about doing this. Anybody with suggestions about sideshows or, or about guests or about things that we should blab about, send them in. Right. Anything to get me out of my depression, please. <laughs> Because I need some sort of incentive to keep this thing going, aside from just hanging out with Jacques, well, whom I love. Well, we know we know that you're going to make it at least through March, because you got Weird Al. I know, that and, carrot. And you got TV's Frank. Uh, TV's, oh God, there goes that. <laughs> what a way to end a good uh, podcast. But, but, but so, thank Knocking you for a fantastic 2017 oh, show. Oh, thank you. Uh, I, I would like more songs. Uh, I would like Mr. Sanders back. I would like more Paul Lynn. Uh, do, do I have to go down the list? Oh, but, sure. But, go but ahead. I, I, do, I do very much want more impressions. Uh, I also want more sponsors. I would like Squatty Potty back. Oh, my goodness. I would like Blu-ray print back. Right. Uh, do we want like uh, you know? Do we want Betamax to be one of our sponsors, or do we? Oh, we want legitimate sponsors. No, no. Oh, I okay. want Bernie Sanders toying oh, okay. more squatty potty <laughs> is what I want. No, I don't want to be rich and successful. <laughs> I want to leave him wanting more. But uh, um, welcome back to 2018. Um, I, I really you know hope that there is a 2019 to look forward to. Right. Uh, How big is your button, Jock? But, but, you know, it's not it's not the size of the button. It's how you how you use, launch don't, it. Yeah. Don't use it. <laughs> right. Uh, uh, but 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 uh, but anyway, hey, let's not talk about hoping to get the house back. Let's get the house and send it back. Yes. Well, let's make this a 2018 to remember. And uh, more importantly, do not forget.